What's up, everybody? Welcome to our new podcast, Rolling with the Homies. Chris Holdsworth and Cody No Love Garbrandt. Man, we've been homies for a long time. You know, Cody's one of my best friends. And it's it's time we, we come together. We talk about mixed martial arts. We talk about lifestyle. We talk about old stories. OG stories. I don't know if the Rolling with the Homies fans are... They're not ready. Ready not for ready. this. We might, we might give them some we radar go, stuff. Yeah, but, we go uh, way back to 2013, man. This we'll is, uh, we've been speaking this into existence for so many years uh, about Rule with the Homies podcast, things that can, you know, extend from this. Eventually, we'll be going on the tour, Rule with the Homies, where we come to gyms, show technique, do seminars. So look for that at future dates. And uh, we're excited to break down a lot of martial arts lifestyle and OG stories between me and Chris. Yeah, so the main purpose of this, of course, you know, me and Cody come together. We can talk about, you know, what Cody's got coming up for fights, you know, his dog business, you know, what I got going on in my, my teaching life, on the mats, traveling, you know, for corner Relationship fights, life. Relationships. Lady man over here. All the good, yeah, this guy's talking, right? Uh, yeah, we just want to talk, you know, come together. And like you said, we want to turn this into actual traveling show where we go to local gyms and we train and we showcase academies and gyms and instructors and you know showcase some some rolling and some you know questions and cool stuff and give you guys some cool content so that's kind of the goal you know we want to start with the podcast and just kind of talk and um you know talk to everybody out here in the the podcast world so i think a first good topic for just to you know talk about is you know how we met you know when you first came to the team what what year was that? Like 2013? 2013. Yep, 23 years old. Yeah. So Cody first came to Sacramento, 2013. Yep. I think I was fresh off of uh, you know winning the Ultimate Fighter. No, you're getting ready. Yeah, you I just was come here. off the. You're going into finale. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember that because I was a year off of injuries and laying out. I was at a gym and I was like, you know what? I spent a year of injury and down, being down. I'm like, I got to go out to this gym. This is Team Alpha Mill. They got. The Who's Who, yeah, TJ Dillashaw, Uriah Faber, Danny Castillo, Chad Mendes, Joe Benavides, Lance Palmer, the list goes on and on. And um, those were the standout guys that I knew, you know, coming out to the gym. I remember going with a lot of them early on when I first stepped foot into the, the gym. Just the the energy and the camaraderie they had was it was great. The practices were amazing. They were flowing everything together. This was a legit team legit structured team guys that were just highly motivated to be the best going with a lot of them you know feeling really well come to like my third or fourth round of sparring with chris holdsworth <laughs> fuck took my back choked me out right away and i was like who is this guy you know i didn't know chris yeah, i'm not into like jujitsu at the time you know and wasn't really fairly following a lot of the pros like i said chris just was on the ultimate fighter ran through it didn't know that he just finished up the season was getting ready for the finale and uh, this dude was on a tear i mean what he was doing inside the gym, outside of the gym, he was a complete martial artist. That's what I wanted to be. Um, I didn't grow up in, uh, you know, jiu-jitsu, dojo, practitioner, learning like that. I grew up, you know, with the Bob Me sprawling brawl. We grew up fighting on the streets, wrestling rooms, boxing, uh, sparring, boxing matches. So it was a little bit different from the martial arts that Chris was from, the background that he came from, and legit martial artist to the fullest definition, black belt. And what he was doing out here was just amazing. Uh, like I said he was giving everybody fits, so I wanted to be the best. So, you know, kind of just shadowed him, shadowed him everything, his diet, the way he trained. I mean, this guy was going to the gym four or five times a day. I ended up coming out my second trip, staying with him, and uh, we were. Yeah, just let's talk in the about gym. that real quick because 
I kind of want to go off a couple of different topics here. Like, I, I bet people want to know what it feels like to come to a gym that, you know, you've seen people on TV. You've seen, like, you kind of look up to the guys that you may, you know, potentially that are in your weight class. Right. Like, I know when I first came to Sacramento, I was, you know, a little intimidated. Yeah. I knew I can, you know, hold my own, but, you know, I came in first practice, everyone's got their shirts off. And, you know, I'm like, damn, you know, there's Uriah, like, there's Chad, <laughs> there's Lance. All these guys look like models, you know? Like, I'm like, dude, like, where where am I at? And then, like, right away, Uriah comes up to me. He's like, what are you doing here? Because we kind of knew each other from the grappling scene. And I told him, I was like, I just moved out here. So, I like, I, I was intimidated. So, like, I remember when you first came, I, I was watching. You came with Mick, right? Yeah, or, Mick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mick and a guy who was helping you out way. at the time. Um and I remember you were just jacked. Like you were like 50. probably 175 pounds. I don't. I never got that big. I was no. probably 165. All right, yeah. but that's big now because like you're 145 now. Yeah. So like 165, like 20 pounds of muscle on you. Like you, you look fucking yoked. I did nothing but lift for a whole year. Yeah, yeah. So when I first saw you, I was like, damn, who's this dude? Like. He looks pretty jacked. Like, you know, he, he looks like he just came out of the jail or like, Thursday. You know, <laughs> he's, got, like he's got neck tats and stuff. I was like, what's his story? Because, you know, when you've been training with the team for a while and you always see new guys come in, you always kind of wonder like, all right, what's, who's this guy? Oh, like, sure. what's his story? Like, yeah. what's his background? Because then you try to figure it out. In my head, I'm like, all right, this guy's a wrestler. What do I need to do? Like, I need to figure it out. So when we spar, I yeah. kind of know, you know, it's a competitive thing. We're all, sure. we're all fighters. We're trying to get the better of each other. Um, so I remember seeing it. I was like, man, what's this guy's story? But um, And then we... Chris was trying to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, we ended up becoming really good friends. Yeah. And I remember, like, I, I think you kind of saw, like, you know, the success that, you know, people were having, like, man, I got to do what these guys are doing. Right. And I told you about, you know, my situation. I was living with a guy, Eric, who was helping me out at the time, mm -hmm. you know, bless Eric. He, you know, he, he did a lot of great things yeah. for me. Um, and you were able to rent a room from him and, uh, stayed in his office. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Couch office. Chris left me, man. Chris would go to bed at like 7, 8 PM after practice. I'm like, Oh, I'm just here. Just up. I know. I, I look back at that and I'm like, but that's just how it was for me. Like yeah. that's all I knew is like all I knew is like training. I didn't I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't know anything. It. Like never had a relationship before. All I knew is like training, sleeping early, eating beating right, off. <laughs> <laughs> beating off profusely in between training sessions. I'm like Chris, what are you doing? Oh, hey, call me the bathroom. Like Chris, like, hey, give me a minute. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be up later. Later, dude. Okay, that's cool. funny. When I first came, like Danny kept saying, like he kept, kept he was like, oh, I just caught the new guy beating <laughs> off again. <laughs> the last call is oh, absolutely man. the worst with just banter and yeah. that shit. First thing I remember, he was on me hardcore. Right away, um, I was on his hit list, and I was same just like, here, man, yeah. we sparred, I cannot get this yeah. guy off me. Yeah, if you guys don't know who Danny Castillo is, you know, former WC, UFC fighter, had a ton of fights, and he's mm -hmm. a, one of the head coaches here for uh, Team Alpha Male, you know, great former fighter and court uh, coach, yep. and a good friend of oh, uh, both friend. of ours. He's been Love in Cody's him. corner a ton. Yep. A great friend of mine. So we all want to. I want to. Yeah, I want to have. Eventually, we're going to be having guests on the podcast as for well. Sure. Uh, I want to have Danny on. I just talked to Elkins today. He was like, "Bring me on, brother." Yep. Yeah, Lance so like, the Party Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Via yeah, um, Skype or Zoom. Yeah. So we. I, I want to start having guests on the podcast, and you know, because I think uh, you guys don't really know a lot of our backstory, but you don't know a lot of these other guys' backstory. And how we all mesh together. You know, it's crazy. We're all, you know, different. Dirt molecules just floated together, you know, <laughs> came from the mud trying to climb up top of the mountain together. And we all, you know, 
migrated to Sacramento, California. I literally thought Sacramento, California, or California in general was all surfing. You got, Cali- you got the California kid, Uriah Faber, looks like a surfer. I get out here, I'm like, man, the beaches. I'm from Ohio, you know, Midwest, you know. I thought we were going to go to the beach. You know, they always have their shirts off. The weather looks awesome. Ah, oh, there's no beach around. He sold, he sold me on that, but yeah. besides the point, like, this is a great city. I love being here. Sacramento is a new home for me. You know, I had uh, my child here. A lot of good things have, have came from Sacramento. I truly love it, you know, the atmosphere. But, uh, yeah, a lot of everyone just is different the way they came up and grew up. And that's we're a different cool, family, though. man. Everyone yeah. comes from different places and different backgrounds. Yeah, different walks and of life. I think that's what makes it super unique is, like, we all come together and form something that um, – you know, not a lot, lot of other places have, you know? Yeah. So I think that's what really makes our, our team unique. Uh, Gang know, bang one, city. <laughs> <laughs> Gang bang city. Dude, one thing, uh, what's funny is like, when I first heard about the California kid and Uriah, you know, I was like, California kid, he looks like a surfer skater. I was like, Same. dude, he's got to smoke dank, you no, know? Like, no. But he does it. You know, people get that confused. Like, I've got him high a few times, right? bro. I've got him high a few times. Like I said, remember after I won the belt, I was like, you got to get high with me. And we were, I was coaching uh, TJ. And he got high, and he like nonstop ate. I remember Danny cooked salmon for us. I had you know, <laughs> other coaches there. I think Bobby even got contact high, but man, Uriah was so stoned. He was like, <laughs> kept like thinking his eyes were closed, and it was just like he Bob kept, kept telling apples, the, bro, he ate like five apples. Bro, he ate like man. five apples, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just kept mouthing them, and uh, he kept, Bob kept telling the same story about a girl that he was banging. And he thought he was. She farted, but she queefed, and Bob just kept going. I thought you kept saying, "I thought you farted to the girl." And, Uriah was like, I cannot believe, is he telling the same story? I'm like, yes, it was that altercation of that. It just was just too funny. But yeah, doesn't smoke weed regularly or do any THC. Maybe a beer here and there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's pretty. Uh, We're the burners on the team. You can't tell. <laughs> We're ro- rolling with the homies, legit. Um. So yeah, I want to talk about a little bit of uh, your grappling background and come up. I don't think people really know that you wrestled your whole life. You know, they hear a little bit, you boxed here and there and you wrestled, but I think growing up in Ohio, you and your brother, like I just found this out, like you guys have like hundreds of wrestling matches, like your uncles and and your stepdad told me like they would go to turn, you guys would go to tournaments every weekend. Yeah. We kind of fell, you know, fell in love with the sport early on. Our, Our team had like one week of training. And then that Saturday you wrestled everybody that was like a five pound radius of your weight class. Yeah. So everybody in our school wrestled. That was like kind of like what the school did. Like you had a week that the high school wrestlers would teach you moves and you would go on the weekend and wrestle each other. <laughs> so me and Zach were always winning, you know, we, we were good. And then we figured out like, found out there was like more like uh, dual teams that were uh, the new Philadelphia coach yeah. Slarb had a dual team. So we went there and they went to every Sunday they went and wrestled every other team and had practices. So, got into this world of wrestling with open open tournaments and it went to like oh there's open tournaments there's state tournaments there's national tournaments and it just the wrestling world kind of opened up to us and we fell in so much love with it you know it was just one of those um this is ohio this is in ohio we were fourth grade when it really hit it hard wrestling Uh, my mom my adoptive father tim really you know my my grandparents a lot of people in our family really sacrificed a lot for us to be able to get the money for the tournaments the travel you know, the national teams, the wrestling shoes, you know, I mean. That's what a lot of people don't understand is, like, the the backside of, like, you know, kids growing up their whole life wrestling. You got to thank their parents and the people who supported them man. because if they didn't have their parents going every weekend, showing up to every practice, all the money that it takes to you know, buy all the gear, the time, like, 
those kids wouldn't be anywhere where they're at. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't see that. And, you know, kudos to all the parents. Who, yeah, for sure. I mean, know, yeah, I know. think it's important to give your, your kids choices, of, co- of course, and not force them to do things. But at the same time, like a lot the the parents need to be get present, be yeah, present yeah. And, and, and be in there. And that's one thing my mom was always, you know, if she didn't have the funds to make her be able to go and do it, like she would make sure that we would. I would be used to be as a young kid, be so upset. I didn't get to go and wrestle this kid because, you know, I knew next week in Western Wheeling, West Virginia, he was going to yeah. be at that tournament. You know, he beat me by a point. And I was just so excited that all these other good kids were that winning these big trophies and stuff and getting being the best, we're going to be at the tournament. I'm like, oh, we don't have the money. We have the, the funds to go to this one. You know, I used to be so upset, but I remember, like, waking up on Christmas Day and, you know, you know Easter, we'd have, you know, wouldn't have, obviously, the candy and things like that, but we'd have new wrestling singlet or a new pair of wrestling shoes. Like, so there was always, like, not that, you know, those are motivating factors but it's nice man getting nice new shoes like going out there and like oh man like you work and i and i valued um the hard work that it took for them to get that and for me to be like you know i got these brand new shoes i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let them go to waste i gotta sit in my closet i'm not gonna quit after i get pinned in two tournaments yeah you know like a lot of kids and parents let their kids quit okay quit that's one thing my mom never let us do whatever we would get started. We had to finish. No matter if we were horrible, we weren't the starter. If you want to work and work your way up and, and become the starting running back, starting quarterback, whatever, starting wrestling. That's why I love wrestling. It wasn't a team. It was you. You yeah. want. You're at that weight class. You have other you know adversaries or your, your teammates trying to battle for that position. They have to beat you in a wrestle off. That's what was yeah. so great about wrestling. I'm the best because I won this spot. Now it's on me. Um, so she never let us quit any sport. And um, you know I think that at an early age, never allow us to quit when things got going tough. And that's such life. an important lesson. A, so lot of these, a lot of these parents don't teach their kids that. They don't teach them hard work, and they don't lead by example. I think leading by example is one of the most important things a parent can do. you got to show your kid, like, you're the parent. They look to you for, for they want to grow up to be like their dad. Like, yeah. I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to be like, you know, my older siblings or whatever. So you have to be a great role model in, in being a parent as well and teach them the hard work, teach them the discipline, and also don't give them those easy way outs and quitting because, you know, either they're, something happened and they don't like what's going on or whatever's happening. And, or Johnny uh, should be the starter of football. Yeah, His mom yeah. goes down there and bitches the coach. Like, all right, well, this coach, like, I don't want to deal with this, this bitch yeah. the rest of the season. Like, yeah. <laughs> your kid's starting and he sucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it is. And you see that kind of in, in sports and, and team um, sports is football, baseball, whatever other sports that are our team. But wrestling was just one of those things. You're grinding on the mats at eight, nine years old. Your head in the mats. You're getting slammed on your head. You're getting concussed. Like, you're hand-to-hand combat without the punches, and really. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're, I, I fought a lot. I fought a lot. Growing up. I fought my brother growing up in wrestling, teammates. Um, that's why I was so surprised when Lance said they never really fought anybody because he grew up in wrestling. He's a four-time state champion, St. Edwards, four-time All-American in Ohio State. He's never really punched someone like with malicious hate <laughs> and besides this first pro fight i was like well that you're fucking nuts dude like you're crazy like you just like i'm gonna go here and fight this guy I've never been in a fight gotta love lance but uh you know with the wrestling it's just that culture it's like a dog eat dog world i mean yeah survival of the fittest you want this spot you go out and earn it you know and it's it's a gritty sport wrestling is great i think that's why um and mixed martial arts it's one of the highest base best base to have you know because you're on the mats and you get those life lessons that you can't get on the streets or in school. You know, I learned a lot, you know, growing up in the wrestling room. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to segue to a little story time uh, because this is like right around 
kind of wrote you when you first moved to Sacramento. Um, our Austin, our first Austin, Texas trip together. Oh God! I remember uh, Chris was balling, man. He was balling uh, so, out hey, there. Check this out. So this, this was 2014. This was like November 2014. Yeah. And I think I had maybe just had my last. I think my last fight was in May of 2014. Yep. Um, so I was rolling from the cash from Ultimate Fighter. I still had money for my last fight. And I got to Joseph Benavides was fighting Dustin Ortiz in Austin, Texas. And I'd already had a relationship with the On It guys. So anytime I can go to Austin, Texas, we made it happen. Shout out to Aubrey. Yeah. And the On It family. Um, so I got, Jason I hit the Harvey. UFC up. I got two tickets to Austin, Texas. And I was like, man, who can I, who can I invite with me? And I was like, let me ask Cody. Yeah. And Cody, Cody was just coming up. I think he had just had a couple just, pro fights. I was, uh, Five and zero. Oh. I just finished yeah. my fifth professional fight by knocking. I was like trying to figure out where I was going, yeah. what organization was going to sign me. So you had some steam behind you, right? Mm-hmm. He was five and zero. Oh. Uh, he was trained with the team already, so you know, of course, like the local matchmakers and probably the UFC matchmakers have already heard about you. And I was like, let's see. So Cody was down to come with. All right. So I ended up flying. This I was in Canada teaching a seminar because yep. I remember I got this tattoo. I got this whole tattoo, and this segues into another story. Like, if you hang out with Cody long enough, you'll start getting a ton of tattoos. (laughs) I I had one tattoo before I knew Cody, and now I have probably six. And that guy's a lot. Probably a lot of people like. (laughs) Yeah, uh, all his brothers got like the same tats. Yeah, we're all all tatted. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I just got this whole tattoo. I went from Canada. I flew to Austin with Mm -hmm. like Saran wrap over my arm. And I rented the, the the best rental car I can get at the time. It was a Dodge Magnum Charger with red interior. Yeah. It was like a V8 Hemi. Ooh. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like we're in Austin. I want to I want to roll roll yeah. roll nice, right? Hell yeah. So I ended up. I don't know if I picked I picked you up. Picked from me the up at the, the Honor Academy. Yeah, we just got done working yeah. out. Chris pulls up in the whip. He's like, get in, loser. You know, he goes, get in. We're doing, you know, going to the hotel. We had hotel. Um, no, but know. tell him about like all the donuts. Oh, They're yeah. Like, oh, we get in. I park in. My Chris is like, oh, you know, he's got the rental. He's like, you gonna do some donuts? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do some donuts. We were just out there just ripping oh, donuts. Yeah, I've never been in a V8, like a Charger. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I've had like a little, I was a little scared. I was a little scared. He was, a little cheap yeah. Honda Civic, you know, like, yeah. so I was rolling with he this thing. On it. Yep. And, uh, we end up going to the fights. No, we actually. So Cody meets up with Sean Shelby. Yeah, I don't know how you linked that up. Well, Joe, I went out there with Joe. Yeah, um, Joe needed a, a training. Oh, that's what it was from. Was yeah, Ortiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were coming out, so like, yeah, let's go make a trip. You had the tickets. I had the tickets to the show. That's what to you the show, got right? You, so got I was out there you. with Joe helping out, and then I ran into Sean Shelby. He was sitting at lunch, and at the, my management at the time was like, "Oh, you know, like, you know, we don't know if we have the fight or not." Like, you know, we went and met. Met Sean, and they're like making a huge, big, uh, you know, deal about it. Like, oh, you know, it's not set in stone. Like, we'll go meet him, see what he thinks. I sit down and talk to Sean. Sean's sitting at the uh, restaurant inside the hotel <laughs> yeah, eating. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh man, like coming up with uh, Mike, Mike at the time, uh, drawing a blank, his, his name, um, previous manager that was under Uriah. Go up to Sean. He's sitting there eating. He's like, hey, so basically it was just like, yeah, so you want to fight? I'm like, hell yeah, when's the fight? He's like, January. It was like in January. I'm like, oh, perfect, awesome, yeah. Because I literally just uh, got done fighting, had some injury, I was recovering, so it was perfect timing. It was just that, easy as that. My manager's like, oh, wait, wait, don't release it, don't tell anybody, you know, until with the, the contract signed, you know, they, they get pissed about that. 
I fucking called my mom right away. Like, hey, we're going to UFC. Like, we got to get some flights booked, you know, on the John Jones DC card. Uh, it was my debut against Marcus Brimage. So that was just cool. Like, awesome going there, going, being with the part of the Onnit, you know, uh, company, training with them. Chris coming out, which was a good time. Joe ended up having a big win with uh, Dustin over Dustin Ortiz. You know, got signed that day. We had a great time. And the after party went out <laughs> after this guy with the Jeremiah Reds. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like those are one of my favorite beers, and like I don't drink often. Anybody who knows me personally, like I don't, I'm not a drinker. Um, Lightweight, <laughs> but man. like when I do, if like if we go to BJ's Brewhouse in Brewery, like I love their Jeremiah Reds, like, and it's hard for me just to have one of them. I'll end up having like two, but then if I have that third one, blacked like, out. No, no, no. <laughs> things get a little carrying them out yeah, of BJ's. Things get a little crazy, and that night I think I had a few. Um, and I remember that it was wild. We met up with some girls and oh, stuff. Yeah. And Chris had some girls lined up. He had the car lined up. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was playing. He's like, bro, we got this. Yeah, dude, Chris, was that... Chris had a good time. Yeah, but you know, time. I remember another thing that stands out about that trip was the day after. You're that dude, I was so hungover, <laughs> and I I don't drink, and like I was throwing up. Like I remember, um, like, dude, this is embarrassing, man. I'm dude, like, this, it, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> and so like we went to we went to go eat breakfast, and like I was having a hard time. And then all of a sudden, I don't know how, like, Dwayne, our, my old coach, Dwayne Ludwig, he was in Austin at the time. And I don't know how we ended up, like, messaging that morning. He was like, Ninja, I need, yeah. you, to, I need you to come to On It and help me film some, oh, yeah. film some videos. <laughs> and I looked at Cody. It was, like, 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, bro, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. And he, was then, up, he was up pounding cheeks all night, throwing up in the morning. <laughs> His coach calls him. He's got to go do, you know. <laughs> instructional video for on it and, and Dwayne. I'm like, oh man, this sucks. All yeah, so I was like, hey, ah. black belt for li- black belt lifestyle. This fool went up there, did it, was hungover, throwing up, I poker used, faced it. I used Cody for yeah. for my demonstrator. You guys can probably find those videos. I'm like, on its so, academy yeah. old. I showed like a little basic shrimp and like a body lock to take down. Yep. But I was so hungover when we filmed that, and my arm was like literally just tattooed <laughs> and all raw. And uh, it's funny. And then right after that, Dwayne had me like he was holding like mitts for me. And oh, yeah. anybody knows Dwayne, his combos and shit can get really confusing sometimes. Like he'll go boom, <laughs> boom, 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 and he'll expect you to know Oof. it. And uh, dude, I was hungover as shit. And like he was telling me to do like some new combos oh, yeah. from there, Southpaw. And I was like, Dwayne, let's dumb it down, please. Like <laughs> let's 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 just shut let's shut this down. Cause like I'm way. But he was uh, probably all zipped on caffeine and some THC. He's like, Ninja. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, come on, come on. Go, I was yeah. like, damn, all right, well, let's go. Give me a bow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was great. Yeah, man, that was a great trip. It was a good little story. And uh, we got plenty of stories oh, like man, that. So many. Man, me and Cody have lived together uh, twice. Ooh. You know, <clears throat> yeah, we'll say it. We'll, we don't want to give everyone like man. all the stories just yet. But we got we got tons of stories. And I think it's cool to kind of like, Hear, hear our life lifestyle type stuff and not just hear about like MMA. Yeah, like, MMA, the you know, fights. Those are great. You know, those are things that are, you know, coming up, but the backstory and how we came to be friends, what we're looking to do now with one of the homies, the podcast, going on tour, you know, traveling the world, you know, possibly seeing new talents, you know, up and coming fighters, you know, showcasing seminars, uh, gyms. So we're excited. There's a lot of good things that will come from this. We hope that you keep, you know, tuning in, enjoying our content, you know, like I said, 2013, we got some crazy stories and a lot of good times to share with you all. Yeah. All right, let's finish off with this topic here. I want to talk about the main event this past weekend. Brunson gets the rear naked choke over Darren Till 
And if you guys watch Fight Picks with the Pros, whoop, whoop. I called that. Um, I called that last week. I was like, hey, Darren Till is going to get his grappling exposed. Brunson, man, Brunson's no joke. People people count Brunson out. And I, I've told people. Five straight. Time, yeah, I was like, five straight as the underdog. And his, five he, straight as the underdog. He's a black belt. And his, his striking and his wrestling is no joke. And I knew he was going to wear him out and eventually get those takedowns. Yes. He got t- he got tired because Till was able to work back up to his feet and he was able to uh, you know use his striking a little bit. Right. But the vet that Brunson is and, and the good wrestler, he got those takedowns. Finally got the mount. Yeah. He got that double leg against the cage, bounced him off the cage. Bounced him off, pulled his legs yeah. out. He was so good at that, you know, not yeah. letting, you know, if you're in martial arts and you know this, that cage is a, th- you know, a wall you can kind of lay against and you'd be real heavy there if you can know how to use the cage, uh, defending a takedown. You know, Bronson gets the hands locks, sweeps the legs out from the cage where he can't, when he drops them, he don't scoot back to the cage and, and, and wall walk back up the cage. Takes him to the center, you know, all open space, and that's that's his game. And he goes to work with you know uh, the jitsu side. But after yeah. all those takedowns, he just got wore out, and it kind of like on that last one going to the third, he kind of just gave his back. You know, got the, the double ground and pound though. The ground and pound in the first couple rounds, I think that's what really got Brunson tired. He almost had till finished from the half guard. Just what I went over in the the, the Tuesday's pro practice, shelving that leg. That inside leg that's caught in half guard, shelfing that leg and raining down ground and pound. Mm-hmm. Brunson did a great job of that. Uh, and Till, being the tough you know, guy he is, he was able oh. to weather that storm. Yep. And But Brunson just kept the pressure forward, kept the wrestling pressure, ended up getting that takedown against the cage, got to mount. And then from there, he just landed some shots. Till gave his back pretty easy, in my opinion. But when you got a guy... Like Brunson on top of you, raining yeah. bombs. Like yeah. that's all you want to do is give your back because you don't want to get punched in the face. Punched, right? elbowed, socked up. Yeah, Lived yeah. to fight another day. You know, you know, maybe there's some things going on that he was tired from. Yeah, like wrist ride, boom. Five round fight. That's yeah. another thing. You guys don't understand that five round fight is 25 minutes. That is a long no duration joke, of fight. That's no, no duration. Just the mental, physical, emotional prep leading into that. Then you have another guy. You know, sometimes the, the fight goes his way better. You know, and, and that's happened. So. Um, Kudos to Darren Till, or I'm sorry, kudos to Derek Brunson, five straight as the underdog. Yeah. Uh, very excited Congrats, for his man. resurgence. For yeah, super happy. Great guy. Um, family man, owns his own gym, doing a lot of big things. Love the blonde dyed hair. He's rocking <laughs> it. Um, yeah, just a good dude. And also, man, I like to highlight Patty the Batty, you know? I, I like this dude. I mean, I thought that his fight was entertaining. You know, he was almost hurt. He says he's a sorcerer. They don't get knocked out. Uh, ended up finishing um, his opponent. And then, you know, he jumped on the mic and did his thing with, you know. Yeah, I loved, man. Like, anytime a personality like this yeah, comes into the UFC, fun. they automatically automatically gain the fan. They, he gained a fan in me. Yeah, for like, sure. <clears throat> yeah, he got, he got wobbled a little bit, but anybody can get wobbled in a UFC fight. Yeah. You're fighting guys at the highest That's level. Yes. You can get clipped. Yeah. But... You coming back from that shows you that for one, you can you're tough as nails, and you can take a shot, and you have the resilience to keep coming forward overcome, after yeah. being rocked, and you can overcome, right? Definitely. So he showed that he's not a he, you know he wasn't a pussy and just no. like got rocked and found a way out. Oh shit! We've yeah. seen guys do that before. So uh, you know, I love the personality. You know, him talking on the mic. I can tell Bisping got in there and 
try to you know put the put the flame out a little bit. A little hater at times, but it's right. He has to play that you know, yeah, good versus evil kind of thing. So you know, it says his debut, but let him do his thing. Patty the Baddie, how do you like me now? How do you like me now? And then. Boom with gift. the suck it. Yeah, that was that, cool, that, man. Yeah, like, that was good. I watched that like five times, that little gift that they were running on ESPN. I was dying laughing the whole time. I was like, I like this kid. You know, let's see how far he goes with some uh, you know, other fights, other adversaries, yeah, you know, yeah. as he climbs up, you know, you know, he's saying he's the cash cow. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So let, let, let's finish with this because now that we're talking about Patty with the baddie. Patty with the baddie? <laughs> oh, Patty Batty. <laughs> Patty the baddie. Patty the baddie, sorry about that. And you know, I'm seeing know. like, you know, our boy Ricky, you know, Terso's coming out, you know, showing his personality. Karaoke singing you know, at the Dude, Freebird. Freebird. Uh, I just saw Horrible, him throwing but, hey, you know, did it. Hadugans and, you know, his yeah. speeches afterwards yeah. are great. How important is this like on-camera personality now? It's everything. I think it's a different generation coming in. You know, you have to be loud and outspoken and, you know, to gain fans, to gain people that don't like you because no matter what, you know, the Coben Covingtons, yeah. you know, the Conor McGregors, you know, these guys that are, you know, brash, you know, and for me, I wear my heart on the sleeve, so I'll... Yeah, you say whatever the fuck I'll you want. I'll say whatever the fuck yeah. I want to say. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> think before, say it before I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's why people but, love you, though. Yeah, man. you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it is what it is. But I think having these kind of characters in the sport are great. More yeah. eyes, more views. It's like, man, sure. I, I gained a fan for sure. On that, and you know, it's WME. You know, they want these, they want these superstars. Yeah. They want the people that are going to be able to. What is it about moving the tickets? Who can move these tickets? Who can press these pay per view buys? Eyes it's the guys on, that yeah. are all people viewing. You know, they might not be fighting the best guys. You know, look at Sean O'Malley. You know, people want to see him fight. You know, he's he's fighting not the tough, you know, the the tough guys, and he, he and, and rightfully so. He knows what will happen. And also, he doesn't get paid differently. So his management, his team, his coaches are doing an amazing job building this kid up, getting him the right fights. He's doing the mic shit, you know, playing the heel, playing yeah, this, he playing that. Oh, for sure, you know, and you can't be mad at that guy or upset yeah. that kid. Good for him. Get his money. And just like everybody, go out there and get your money. Yeah, go out and get sure. paid. This career could be so short, so ending. Anything can happen. You, you can, you know, The training that it takes to just prepare for... A UFC fight, you don't know what's gonna happen. So yeah. get get paid, do your stuff, and uh, yeah, make it rain. How you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's our first episode of Rolling with the Homies. We're gonna be doing an episode a week. Oh. I want you guys to comment, ask us some questions, give us some ideas to talk about. We can always use some topics to talk about, and we you know we're gonna collaborate on yeah. you know cool stuff to talk about know upcoming fights past fights um and i want to start doing live breakdowns short little breakdowns of previous main events or cool submissions or finishes and you know something cody uh can give some of his expertise on and some things i can share some stuff on and we'll throw that in the video portion of uh some of these future uh videos so right on make sure you guys like and subscribe uh do whatever you gotta do to follow rolling with the homies cody garbrandt chris holdsworth we'll see you next time Episode one, done.